Welcome to the Garbage Pod. One pod, one load of garbage. 29 and 28. Remanded in custody. There's something curious about this broadcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the second episode of the Garbage Pod Tap Room. Now, I'm not on my own. As always, I've got Adri Bullhawk Mallows. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very good. Thank you, boss. Thank you for inviting me on for this second uh, Tap Room episode. I'm looking forward to a few beverages or trying a few new beverages, especially as it's been a long day at work. <laughs> now, this is going to be a bit of a, a, a triple whammy of a show because uh, we've got two beers to try. Very similar styles of beer from two different companies and also we will be airing our trip to the GBBF the Great British Beer Festival which was back in August now but uh, this is the only opportunity we've had to get together so we thought we'd hang on to it and um, play it in the show today quite an event wasn't it sir it was absolutely it was a great event at Olympia and I'm quite looking forward to the audience basically hearing me drunk for most <laughs> of this episode it would seem loads of great beverages on offer that day and um, some amazing food as well actually there was I mean there was a massive great big stack of pork scratchings if I remember rightly <laughs> it's not even a euphemism either there actually was a great big pile of pork scratchings <laughs> I don't know what, what our uh, overseas listeners were calling what what do they call that in America? They do have it in pubs out there. I, I can't remember what they call it now. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm going to go with uh, rinds or something like rinds. that. Yeah, pork rinds. Yeah, I would have thought. Yeah. Before we get on to our trip to the Great British Beer Festival, I thought we'd try our first beer. So the first beer of the evening was given to us by Tring Brewery. The beer is called Pale Four, and we spoke with Ben Marston at Tring Brewery, and, and this is what he had to say about the beer. It's actually a collaboration that we did with a, um, a place in St Albans called Beer Shop. Beer Shop was set up um, over a year ago by one of the guys here, um, who also happens to be called Ben, and our beer's always on draft there, that's always on tap. But people were saying, can't Tring do something a bit more poppy, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've got Side Pocket, we've got Crowning Glory and Moon Gazing, but they, they, they weren't punchy enough for, for some people. So he, he almost laid down the gauntlet and said, look, we'll suggest some, some styles, let's work together to create something a bit bit different. So that's that's where Pale 4 has come from. Now in terms of style, it's really, um, it's sort of a West west Coast, an American West Coast um, Pale. The 4 comes from the fact that it's got four hops that make up the main um, kind of uh, hop ingredients. So we've got American Simcoe, American Citra, Amarillo, and then we head to the Southern Hemisphere for some Australian Galaxy. Now it's brewed with, with those four hops and they're, they're all going in sort of um, boil and post-boil. We've got the addition of Munich, Cara, Rye Crystal Malt, there's a bit of wheat in there, Maris Otter, and the first batch we, we brewed we used American yeast as well um, rather than our own. We've done some successive um, brews um, and we, we've now settled on using our yeast again. 
after we've after we've brewed this and fermented it, we um, we then transfer it from our fermenting vessel into a, a, a tank that we refer to as the rocket, and it sits in there, um, goes through an additional seven days conditioning. But we we throw in another load of citra hops, so we've got a dry hopping process in addition to everything that's that's gone in, and the result is a um, a four point six percent pale. It's not overly pale, it's more golden, and it's, and it's pretty punchy. And we, we're exceptionally pleased with the results. Um, we've done two cask runs which, which sold out in, in record time. We've done one bottle run, and I think we've probably got, um, of five and a half thousand bottles, we've probably got maybe 300 left. Wow. Um, that's, that's all gone in the best part of a month. I think this beer is set to potentially become the new side pocket. It's been very well received. So what kind of thing are we expecting to, to taste from the um, Well, what, you, what we've got here is um, you've got a lot of body. So all of the different malts that are in there are, are all going to give you different layers of flavour. So you're going to get some nuttiness in there. Um, and that's primarily going to come from the Munich and the, the rye crystal. The, uh, the, the caramel in there is going to give you a little bit of sweetness. And then you've obviously got your hot characteristics coming in. Initially on the palate, it's not um, it's not overly bitter. And what you will get um, on the nose is sort of grapefruit and orange, maybe sort of very very slight marmalade characteristic. Mm -hmm. um, and then as you go through it, that that sort of orange characteristic fades. There's a little bit more sort of grapefruit, lychee, a bit more freshness, and then it disappears. It's got a really nice. Um, bittering level to it so it's it's not one of those beers where the bitterness just sits on the palate and just builds and builds every time you take a mouthful because those 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 styles of beers and you know don't get me wrong they, they work really well but we want people to be able to you know kind of go and have a couple of pints in that not to have one pint and feel like their taste buds and you know their yeah, time has yeah. just been completely <laughs> stripped um and uh you know I, I'm, I've, I've had experience with that i'm sure you have but yeah definitely you sort of sit down and you kind of think i love that beer i couldn't drink another one the bottle version isn't bottle conditioned so effectively what we have done with that is it's cold filtered right. um, we don't pasteurize it um, we always we always go for a cold filtering process, and then it's just softly recarbonated to try and you know to get it as close to um, the level of um, sort of condition and, and carbonation that you'd expect from a, a draft product. So, Mr. Mallows, would you uh, would you do the honours? Of course, always, bastard. Do anything <laughs> you say, especially when it comes to opening beverages. So here we go. So yes, I've brought out the Simpsons bottle opener. So what, what are you getting on the nose? Hmm. Yes, I can almost smell the citra. <laughs> Let's get this pour in though. Let's get the important things underway. Oh, listen to the sound effects. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. You'll be able to use a few of these, my friend. Right, as the boss, there we go, sir. Oops. Thank you very much. One cappuccino mug full of IPA. It is. It's a. <laughs> I thought it was the right kind of size for for sampling, really. I just wish all my cappuccinos came like this. <laughs> Do you reckon I could get away with this at work? Oh no, it's a cappuccino. Look at the mug. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. I think you should take the first sip. 
it's um as as you would expect it's a, a very citrusy kind of taste and got a kind of a citrusy whiff as well very much so yeah from first we smell it don't we uh phil <laughs> um <laughs> indeed it's um it's very light in taste you generally get that with ipas though don't you that's why i love them so much because they're generally quite smooth and light and you get the citrus uh, twang as well and and the color of it the color of it is very um is light as well um no, uh, but it's it's more amber than the, the standard pale ale i was about to say yeah it's definitely more amber than the ipas i'm used to drinking especially from the states so it's definitely got more of an ale color to it i would say yeah it's it's not like a like a bittery color or, or whatever but it's very uh, a golden uh, amber uh color seeing if I can try and pick out all the different flavours that you mentioned in that little piece there but all I kind of get is just a gen- general citrus flavour yeah um, but it's very nice it's very light I like it because it is is light and it, as, like he says it's not one of these beers where um, it stays on your tongue for a long time it, it disappears very quickly which means you want to take down more of it I would definitely describe it as a session beer oh yeah 100% or, or IPA should I say rather than calling it beer I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for calling a, an IPA a beer no doubt no but well, a beer is a beer uh, you've got different styles of beer I really do like this actually this is my kind of IPA this is as I say I would get very very drunk very quickly off this and I, I kind of plan to if that's okay <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of beer I'd like to try and draft what draft night that'd be a great idea come NFL draft get this get get a few uh, get a crate of this on the go sit there watching the NFL draft and have some pale four on the go so it's sort of a nice you know a decent pub a, you know a quality pub do we have them around Letchworth we have a few more, more of them are on the outskirts um, as you know because we went to the Fox at William that, I mean that would be the- oh well that's a fantastic pub but that's <laughs> William rather than Letchworth so come on <laughs> it's it's one of the villages that makes up the Garden City so um, the Garden City is actually made up of three villages Letchworth William and Norton oh right okay no worries so you're going to try and claim it the Fox as a Letchworth Garden oh, City yeah, pub definitely Okay, well then that's one. Um, Gardener's Arms purely because of the carvery. Yeah, and the one we've also been in, in the centre of town, which you quite enjoyed being in, which was the Arena Tavern. Oh, yes. Otherwise known as the King's Head. Yeah, the King's Head. That was definitely a very, very nice pub. (laughs) And Bob, Bob, the owner, is is absolutely a lovely fella. Absolutely lovely fella. Nice enough to put something like this on tap for us? Possibly. It'd be interesting to see what he's actually got on there at the moment because he does change his beers quite regularly. I'll tell you another pub we'll have to go to at some point. Um, it's it's in Bulldog. Uh, it's called the Orange Tree, uh, and it's actually won uh, North Hearts Camera Pub of the Year about three years in a row. Ooh, but would it win Taproom Pub of the Year? That is a question. <laughs> that is also potentially something else we could add to the show. Um, definitely that could be a, a thing we could do um, once we've sampled enough brews and whatnot, or we can find a decent you know decent pubs that actually sell the stuff that we've been reviewing absolutely yeah and coming back to Pale Forks I think we should this is 
exactly what it said on the tin and as described by Ben there the bitterness does go straight away it just leaves that nice kind of you just have a nice refreshing citrusy aftertaste and kind of a, there's a bit of a warming feel there as well which is it's really nice um, you could I think uh, a lot of these um, lighter ales these pale ales are, are normally a, a, a summer brew but I think you could really get away with drinking this any time of the year absolutely and I feel bad because it went down so well that that my cappuccino mug is empty already while the boss is still slowly oh no wait a minute he's only gone and necked it (laughs) someone drop a penny in that did they mate oops (laughs) (laughs) do we finish off the bottle it seems like it would be rude not to I think I think so um, so whilst we um, take this down, um, I think we ought to listen to Ben Marston talking about Tring Brewery. I'm actually out on location in um, technically Hertfordshire, but it's right on the, the, the borders of Hertfordshire. <laughs> as close as you can get. Fucking machine, yeah. Uh, and I'm with uh, Ben Marston from Tring Brewery. We're actually... Actually, in the, the the malt room, really, isn't it? It is. Yeah, this is this is um, on a, on a, any normal day. This is probably the uh, the quietest room in the um, the brewery, and as far as I'm concerned, it's probably the nicest smelling room in the whole brewery yeah. as well. Yeah, wonderful place to be. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the reason why we're here is to, to have a chat and to find a little bit more out about uh, Tring Brewery and. Uh, Ben has, has offered to um, let's try a beer for, for review. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about the brewery. Yeah, well, the, the, the brewery has been around since 1992. We've, we've currently got two, two directors. It's privately owned, and um, it was one of those directors, a chap called Richard Charlo, who founded the brewery. We were originally based over in the centre of Tring, and... Um, it was a small site. Um, it was the only place that I worked where, in the winter, you got snowed on because there were holes in the roof. <laughs> um, and it was it was there that I, I sort of cut my teeth in the um, in the, the brewing industry. So I, I actually learned to brew on that site for um, about a year. The problem with that place, um, even though it spawned some um, some good brands for us, the likes of Ridgeway and Side Pocket and um, uh, Death or Glory was that uh, we just couldn't produce enough beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an eight-barrel brewery. We got to about 2007, and we were having to brew twice a day on the, the kit just to keep up with the, um, the customer demand. And we moved to the, um, the site that we're on now um, in 2010. And we've gone from an eight-barrel site to a 30-barrel site. So we are now producing around 31,000 pints of beer every week. Wow. Um, it's about 1.8 million pints a year, and shockingly, most of that is consumed within a, uh, a 30 mile radius. So, there's a lot of there's a lot of beer fans out there. That's not a bad thing that it's kind of a local beer and it's kind of kept local with that amount. Yes. Going out the door. Yeah, and, and we've we've I think we've we've always been focused on um, locality and community. I mean, when, when people have asked us about the brewery before and, and the setup of the business, yes, we produce beer, but we're very much a, a, a sort of a community-focused brewery as well. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're engaged in a lot of local events. We do a lot of work for local charities. And t- to a degree, that is, that is our way of giving something back to a, a community that really has supported us in terms of consuming our products and, 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 mm-hmm. and allowing us to, um, to grow in the way that we have. 
it was you know it was that support that really kind of was was the decision maker for what we did in terms of our previous move. We could have probably moved outside of Turing and found you know cheaper property or property with greater footfall um, somewhere else in the region. But you know Turing was a Turing was the home of the brewery. And anyway, we'd have had to change the name. We'd have gone yeah. Turing Brewery to being I don't know Aston Clinton Brewery. Or yeah. <laughs> that I, just wouldn't work. I know of other breweries that have, have done that but kept the name, and it got a bit confusing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? Why have you called yourself Turing Brewery when you're based in Hemel Hempstead? Yeah, it's a little bit of an odd one. So um, no, we we decided to stay um, stay where we are just for. Um, just for the simplicity of the paperwork. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> now you you say you've got like your, your your stock beers that you've you've had for quite a few years. Yes. Do you have like limited edition batch beers as well? We we do. Yeah. Um, I mean that's that that volume of product I was talking about, sort of the one point eight million, is is divided up typically over about twenty five different beers. Mm-hmm. So we've got a core range. We've got um, seasonal beers and then we do monthly specials. And the monthly specials tend to be more experimental. Um, and for 2000, I think it was 2012, 2013, all of our monthly specials, we just used existing or experimental or brand new UK hop varieties. Mm-hmm. Um, 2014, we used hop varieties from all around the world. So we had unusual things in there like Argentinian Cascade. And then we've just played around with different, different Mulch really. This is uh, this year. That's been one of the key things. 2016. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen, <laughs> um, but there will be more unusual beers and more experimental beers and more one-off beers on yep. the horizon. And the reason for that, and this is a this is a hot off the press bit of news, <laughs> um, is that alongside the 30 barrel brew kit we have here we're going to be putting in a smaller five barrel brew kit and then a tiny two barrel brew kit and essentially what that's going to allow us to do is be far more experimental Um, the size that we have here doesn't really permit us to go too crazy Um, when you're brewing you know, thousands of pints of beer, mm-hmm. you can't go crazy and, and then find that it hasn't worked out right. Yeah. That's, you don't want to be pouring it down the drain. So the smaller setup will allow us to, to do that. It will allow us to produce smaller bottle runs. So there'll be, some, there'll be some more unusual things coming out of the brewery. It will allow us to extend on some of the, the products that are at the extreme end of our range. So the likes of Death or Glory at 7.2%. Crowning Glory, which you've previously covered, and the new Pale Four. Brilliant. So, out of your your stock brands that you do, yes, which would you say was the the one that sells the most? The one that sells the most is still Side Pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, Side Pocket seems to have Side Pocket came out at a time when there was a, a particular style that was prominent. So, Summer Lightning um, was was another one that was similar to that. Um, dark stars, hop yeah, head. Top head um, yeah. There was very much a, a sort of a demand for those, not particularly over strong, um, but straw session beers mm-hmm. with a nice hop characteristic. And side pocket really um, kind of seemed to hit the mark, partly because it, it had those characteristics, but partly because it was only three point six percent, and it and it drinks like a four. So you know it falls into the category of a very very low ABV session beer. Right. And that is by far our biggest seller. I think probably 20% of what we sell is that product. And then that's followed on by Ridgeway, 
and Ridgeway has been, we've been brewing that since day one. And we've got accounts that have been taking it since we, we started brewing. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's got a real hardcore um, uh, list of followers. After that, I think it's quite possibly our, um, the, the culmination of our monthly specials right. um, that make up our, our largest, um, largest sales. We've, we've then got sort of our darker beers in the range, and, and darker beers are never really going to be the big sellers. Mm-hmm. So the likes of Collie's Dog, Tea Kettle Stout, Death or Glory. Tea Kettle Stout we really pushed um, a few few years ago, 2013. It won Champion Beer of Hertfordshire. Wow. Um, and we, we, we really pushed it. So the sales of that have, have, have increased massively. And we now have that in the shop um, as a bottle conditioned version all the time. Mm-hmm. And pretty much in cask all year round as well. It's been Brilliant talking with you, Ben. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, yeah, well, hopefully we can we can work with you in the future. Yeah, no, I'd love to, and um, you're more than welcome to um, to come back, sample some beers, and as I say, when we've got this new kit up and running, there might be something absolutely ridiculous for you to try. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, Ben. Thanks again. Thank you. That was Ben Marston telling us all about Tring Brewery and there will be links to Tring Brewery and uh, all the beers they do on the show notes. Now, you might have to excuse us during the show. Um, We might have to make a call to the mothership every now and then because there is a little bit of gassiness in the beers. But uh, when we come back, we will be going to London. It begins. What will it be? Well, that was obvious. Pints, beer, drinks, shops, fun, ladies, trucks. We are here to get annihilated. 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 Might I recommend five pints of crowning glory? Is it nutty? Nutty. Is it foamy? Foamy. Is it hoppy? Hoppy. Does it have a surprisingly fruity note which lingers on the tongue? That's a delightful brew. And since we find ourselves in need of refreshment, you, sir, have the honour of drawing first blood. I come to you from Londinium, the, the capital of our great nation. I'm not alone, I'm with uh, the Bullhawk. How you doing, sir? Doing very good, thank you, boss. It's going to be a great day today, I can feel it already, as we are in our nation's capital, the great fair city of London. Um, and we are at a very special exhibition in London. Yeah, we are currently standing outside the uh, Olympia Exhibition Hall and it's the 11th of August as we speak which can only mean one thing we are here for the GBBF the Great British Beer Festival and uh, it's your first time isn't it? Uh, Yeah, first time at the uh, GBBF and uh, there seems to be a bit of theme going on because the last time I was on the show was also for another beer festival so let's keep this one up Yeah, this one's going to be slightly different to the one you attended last. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, being the National Great British Beer Festival, lots more people, lots more stages, being in such a great venue like the Olympia, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of ales, ciders and beverages I'll be tasting today. Well, uh, from what I've been uh, reading, uh, there's going to be over 900 beers, ciders, perries and international beers, so be able to get some American ones as well. Um, and not only that, they're, they're covering over 352 different breweries today. Do we have enough time in the day for that is my next question. Uh, I wouldn't even attempt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does sound like quite a mission. I think even I need to, to play it safe today. So get my nice fair samples in, try a different selection from across the globe and see what happens. I, I think, honestly, even if you were here for the whole... 
duration, which is from here to the 15th, I think, um, I still don't think you'd be able to get to all 900. I'd give it my best shot if I was. <laughs> <laughs> I think then I may need to report to a certain clinic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I believe it's called the Priory. Yeah. <laughs> that is indeed the one. But let's, yeah, let's try and avoid that, shall we? But, yep, so looking forward to the beautiful sights, sound, smells and looks of London and the Olympia. So, yep, so we shall make our way forward. As you can, I don't know if you can hear this coming towards us right now. There's the, uh, the sound of uh, horses. Uh, I believe they might be uh, Clydesdale horses, which are normally the, the horses that pull the, the horse and carts that used to contain the barrels of beer back in the days before we used to use lorries, but they are certainly beautiful animals. Absolutely they are. And this is advertising one of the big five of the breweries that are taking part uh, in, in the main stands. This is uh, Harvey's and Lewis, um, which is uh, the, the Sussex Brewery. Um, and they have a big stand here today. And as you can see, having the horse and cart is a massive presence. Yeah, great advertising for them. What a great way to let everyone know that you're here. And as you say, such beautiful creatures, horses. I've always had such admiration for them, um, just like my old man. So. Yeah, great to see. Are you trying to say your old man's a horse? Uh, no, I'm saying he loves horses. All oh, right, uh, but that's obviously <laughs> take that how you will. But I'm talking about the creatures. My stepmum is lovely, so don't even go there. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> right, and on that bombshell, we'll leave you there and come back to you later. Good afternoon, and uh, welcome to the 38th Greatest British Beer Festival. This is my first as the chief executive of Camera. And I feel like a young boy who's been let loose in a sweet shop. It's the most wonderful experience. This is a great showcase for British and international brewing and a celebration of the art of brewing. And there are present here today many craftsmen, many who use great skill uh, to produce excellent beer. I use the word craftsman deliberately. Now, of course, not everybody who produces great beer is here. Uh, there's only scope to have 300 British breweries represented, uh, just over 350 of the beers that are produced in this country, but in total, more than 900 drinks. I think I'd just like to start by congratulating you and and encouraging you to join with me in congratulating yourselves, or if you're not brewers, congratulating those who produce some really great knockout beer, which you've had the opportunity to drink this afternoon and others will have over the next five days. So pause for applause, shake your glasses, bang them together, well done. It's difficult to clap when you're holding a pint. This is Camera's 44th year. In the beginning, Camera was established to provide drinkers and to ensure that drinkers were continued to be provided with choice and great beer. And the campaign in those days was for the survival of real ale and for the promotion and growth in its availability and consumption. More recently, Camera has become involved in uh, campaigning to ensure that real ale is available to drinkers 
And in order to have real ale available, frankly, we need pubs. So we've been campaigning on pubs and we've been campaigning on price. Now, these are generic campaigns to the benefit not just of those of us who love real ale, but to all drinkers and indeed all pub goers. Let me remind you that over the past 12 months, Camera has gained a fairer deal for some of those running pubs as tenants, and the pubs code and the adjudicator are about to be implemented. We've been campaigning and successful in giving communities a greater say in whether pubs remain open and, or whether they're closed or converted to another use. And also, we, with others, were instrumental in gaining a third cut in beer duty and in preserving the tax concession for the small volume cider producers. Now, those are great achievements, I'm sure you'll agree. I just want to give thanks to one or two people. Firstly, to Olympia for providing a great venue, to the sponsors, and particularly Simply Hops, who sponsored today the trade session, to Ian and the organisers, 1,000 volunteers involved in this. I've been here since Saturday, been absolutely amazed at the logistical operation which enables all of this to be put together. It's incredible. But my final vote of thanks is to you, the brewers who produce great beer, the publicans who serve it in your establishments, the people who hold the licences in those pubs. I thank you on behalf of those who you serve, the customers, because that's Camera's purpose, to represent those customers. This festival is all about discovery, discovering the wide variety of different beers, the new tastes that have been developed. And we'll be encouraging the public to do that over the next few days, both here in Olympia, but also in their local pubs. And we need them to support those pubs. Thank you. So here we are again at the uh, Great British Beer Festival 2015 at Olympia and as you can hear it's getting quite loud and leery downstairs, uh, more so later when the announcements are made. Um, still with the Bullhawk, how are you finding your day here today? Yeah, very good actually, it's just starting to fill up quite nicely. We're upstairs at the moment looking down on quite the sea of people. The smell of food has been fantastic throughout the day, making me very, very hungry. But I'm a purist at the moment, so I'm just focusing on my alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too right. We've we sampled some, some interesting beers and ciders uh, so far. Uh, we've had, uh, was it, I think it's two each we've had now, hasn't it? This would be our third glass, so you've obviously had too many that you can't keep counting, so we've had two beverages and a cider, so three. I'm probably not counting cider as an alcoholic beverage, but that might be a mistake. Uh, I think it probably would be, depending <laughs> on the strength of cider that you had, because as I found out at the last beer festival, you can get some very strong cider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had uh, some really interesting drinks. Uh, one of the ones that has surprised me so far this year is the uh, the Durham White Stout. Yep, you heard that correctly, folks. He said uh, White Stout. Very, very deceiving on the eyes, and when you taste it, it tastes exactly like a stout, but you just don't realise you're drinking it. It just looks like an IPA or something like that, and it just... I don't know what it did to my mind, but it wasn't working properly after that, I can tell you. Yeah, it was very much a mind-blown situation, wasn't it? Yeah, your eyes are telling you one thing, and your taste buds are telling you another, and you're like... Uh? <laughs> 
what's going on? Well, it's still very nice though. It was. And the one you had from Titanic Brewery, the Plum... Oh, the Plum Porter, the Titanic, yep. Uh, as I said uh, earlier on, the little bit of the old social cam going on, it went down far too easily. <laughs> it was a very nice taste. I'm, and you, I, you were taken aback by my, my comment by saying it tasted like a cough mixture, which it was nice and sweet like a cough, cough mixture is. Uh, it goes down just as well as a cough mixture, but trust me, you don't want to be down in cough mixture. It'll have some effect on you afterwards. <laughs> I'm sure it would do, but as it wasn't cough mixture, it was... A beautiful plum porter um, it's yeah it just went down so easy um, yeah what can I say I would drink that again and again that's I could spend a night on that I think and be quite happy now I've started on a, a cider which is um, it's a blue barrel um, oak barrel whiskey cider now why it's called that is pretty much speaks for itself really it's uh, been produced in old whiskey barrels which gives it a little bit of an edge um, and when you take your first swig of it you notice it uh, and I like that it reminds me So the announcements will be made in 15 minutes, as we've just been told. <laughs> and um, yeah, this this uh, whiskey barrel cider reminds me of the Innis and Gun uh, beers. Uh, they do a range of beers that are in. Um, they do a whiskey barrel uh, ale. They do a rum barrel ale, uh, and they're finding lots of other barrels of old alcohol that they can distill their um, beers in. And um, this um, pretty much reminds me of that also. Uh, so I'm looking out for something similar to that on the beer front. We have seen um, some unusual ones that we are going to be looking for. Um, at the moment, Adri is looking through the guide trying to find the one we were looking for. It's a, it's a big old guide, there's a lot of things to, to fly through, but you just see my memory about thinking of the different ways things are brewed and the different barrels things are brewed in. Um, I do remember seeing things with coffee, licorice, things along those kind of lines in them. So, um, Well, you did, you did try a coffee-based uh, one earlier, didn't you? I did, yeah. That was the breakfast porter that I tried uh, from Hastings, I believe. Um, Again, yeah, it's, you get the nice little coffee aroma when you're kind of just swirling it around, getting nice. So I'm trying to become a bit of a, a bit better with my beer tasting analogies. So you definitely get that aroma as you uh, swirl it around in the glass, and then when you taste it, you get a little bit of that coffee kick as well. Yeah, you're, you're, you're trying to um, you're trying to kick that title of um, craft beer virgin that was kindly given to me by the good folks at the Britain Yankee ding, when they ding, were ding, exactly ding. <laughs> when they were getting me nicely drunk. <laughs> which was an amazing experience, which is nearly a year ago, which is yeah. quite crazy. Yeah, because you were there um, around Halloween, wasn't you? Yeah, October time, yeah, Halloween. Uh, that was like my last day in Chicago, but um, yeah, great experience. Hope those guys are doing very well. Wish them all the best. Britain Yankee, keep up the good work. Keep getting people drunk. Enjoy your beers. <laughs> I'm still looking so maybe I will have found it later but you get the idea that there's lots of different ways that people are looking to uh, brew their beer and ale in so um, if we find one of the coffee slash licorice beers later I'm sure we will let you know all about it. Yeah, there's one in particular that we are going to be looking for which is called 
I think you said it was called the Venom, wasn't it? Ah, yes, the Venom, which is the green. <laughs> you did hear that right, green ale. Bright green ale. Um, and that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, yep, and I found that. So that is by um, Pot Belly from Northamptonshire. Um, and apparently we're not going to be seeing things. Yes, it is green. And uh, ideally for me, it's only 5.5. So uh, we might be able to get away with a, a half on that, maybe, depending on how it tastes, of course. <laughs> well, what we do need to do for all of our lovely listeners is we need to find it, buy it, get a picture of it, put it in the show notes for you. Oh, it's definitely one to go in the show notes as a picture because you don't often see green beer. So are you taking the owners there? Are you going to have some venom so I can go with something else? Is that what we're going to go with? It sounds like it's headed that way, doesn't it? Well, you are the boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, I might as well. Well, I think it's your duty as the boss to do these things. You've got to take one for the team. So you'll let people know how you get on. Or, or maybe you won't, depends on how good the venom is. Yeah, it could be the state of the beer, it might be the state of the floor, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out later on. Indeed. And until then, ciao for now. The overall winners of the Camera Champion Beer of Britain Awards 2015 are as follows. The bronze winner, Dancing Duck, Dark Drake. The silver winner, Kelburn Jaguar. And the champion beer of Britain, 2015 Gold Award, goes to Tiny Rebel Clutch. Thank you very much. You want to hold it? Pass it to the brewer, pass it to the brewer. The main thing we want to do is just thank the whole of the Tiny Rebel team, who are kind of somewhere at the back over there, because it's, it's not just myself and Gaz. Um, it started off with the two of us, but now there's a, a big team around us of about 11 who everyone chips in. It's not just us no more. It's a family thing. It's a friends thing. And, yeah, we're absolutely amazed to have, have won this, really. Um, yeah, it's amazing. You know, a small microbrewery coming from Newport, where Newport isn't a big beer place. It's not known for brewing at all. So for a small micro to come from Wales uh, to win this, is, it's absolutely amazing. And just want to thank you all for the support. And, yeah, come on, Kutch. <laughs> We're back again at uh, the 2015 uh, Great British Beer Festival at Olympia. We're still with the Bullhawk, just about. Yeah, pretty much. I've been doing well. I've been pacing myself. I've been drinking thirds, doing it the smart way, so I don't feel too drunk. <laughs> and uh, you might hear some weird and wonderful noises behind us at the moment, and the reason for that is they've got a stand here that uh, you can play some uh, traditional pub games, including Skittles and um, I'm not too sure... I also heard a, a, a bell ring in there, that doesn't mean uh, last orders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We haven't been here that long yet. <laughs> uh, it basically means that somebody's won a prize, so um, yeah, it's great. 
It's also looking very green right now. It's looking very green when you see it in this light. Look at that. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, <laughs> I didn't describe it in a very good light earlier when I said it's, it's almost like someone's been eating asparagus. Uh, yes, it also smells like that. Only joking. <laughs> the, the actual smell is an unusual smell. It's, it's almost like uh, a caramel or a toffee or something like that. Um, the taste of it is uh, almost like an IPA or something, something very light, a summer beer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, again, it's one that's quite actually easy on the palate, bearing in mind its name. Yeah, I was expecting something with a bit more of a kick, which uh, would be called Venom. Yeah. 
So here we are at the end of the day. Uh, we're outside Olympia now, it's a little bit more quieter. And now you're getting like uh, taxis and tube trains and all sorts of stuff going on around us. So uh, for you, what was the, um, when I say highlight of the day, probably your favorite brew, I would say. Um, you know what, there's been quite a few. Uh, I did quite like the Bristol Blonde that I had, you know being a blonde man myself these things happen um, and also uh, the cider the uh, the Celtic Warrior which was uh, very very smooth on the palate and uh, very refreshing again one of those summer ciders some cider is a summer drink anyway isn't it you can just kind of sit drinking it all afternoon uh, while you're watching the football or American football or LFL even so you know it's one of those beers but you know what about yourself what was your highlight well, for me, it's a difficult one because I've had so many different types of uh, beer today. Uh, I think, like yourself, I did enjoy the cider um, and it was great as a uh, palate cleanser. Um, but as I said, my one was had a bit of a kick to it because it was brewed in an old uh, whiskey barrel, which um, I, I like that. Uh, texture to it you did have quite a whiskey face afterwards you had that sort of look like you just had something that you didn't really want <laughs> it did taste nice though I must admit <laughs> it was just the initial kick uh, it did it did, uh, it did kick um, but I think for me and we've mentioned it before uh, on the other parts of the, of the recordings here is probably the, the white stout because that um, I've never had anything like it. Uh, apart from those, um, do you remember those sweets that you could get that was one colour but tasted like another? Yes, I do, yeah. And you've also got the chocolates now, haven't you? The, uh, the vice versas. Yeah. Uh, that was the nearest thing to it in that, in that respect. But to have a an, an ale that looks like it should be nice and citrusy and uh, summery and then to, to, to try it and it was very dark and wintery. <laughs> <laughs> Dark and twisted. <laughs> it was it, it was a mind blower. But as I say, we've had a really good day today. Uh, the um, press and trade day is about to end. Uh, as, um, as we can see right now, the the crowds are starting to really pile up now for the actual general public to actually visit the day, and the, the queues are absolutely. Moosive, aren't they? Really, I mean, they go right along the the whole length of the building. Uh, they do indeed, and I think we just kind of want to take the opportunity as well to say that I think Camera have done a fantastic job with organising the event. Um, as it's my first one, obviously not sure how they've gone previously, but I think very well organised um, inside lots of obviously stalls, bars, food, kind of seating, everything you need for a good beer festival really um, I know there's obviously going to be some live entertainment coming on the stage later on so just want to say a big shout out to them for organising such a great event yeah camera always do a good job of, of beer festivals no matter where they are um, but obviously this is the jewel in the crown of, of the, the beer trade industry uh, and it, they never fail to um, to give the people what they need or wants more to the point yeah well if that isn't an innuendo I don't know what is my friend <laughs> <laughs>
I got what you want. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been a really great day. And, um, and on yeah, that note, we're starting to get wet. We are indeed. <laughs> uh, by the weather, that is. <laughs> and uh, uh, we've met some people today. I actually met some people from uh, the local facility for me because they actually helped to organise the, uh, <laughs> the Hitchin Beer Festival. Uh, there's a, 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 a chap there called Martin and he's a uh, he's good lady who have uh, completely different tastes when it comes to beer when I was talking to him. Uh, when I asked Martin uh, what he actually liked uh, as in beers and he just said beer um, I said well that's good enough for me and he's good lady is trying to find the best possible uh, citrusy beer that she can probably find <laughs> and there was lots of them to choose from so I'm sure she would have had a whale of a time so uh, from us at Olympia in London uh, we bid you farewell and uh, well back to the studio indeed that was our um, visit to the, the Great British Beer Festival and uh, as you heard halfway through there we had the announcements of the champion of beers um, which was um, Tiny Rebels Clutch now it makes a change because they're a small brewery usually it's the big boys that win and last year one of the big boys actually won and um, they actually got booed (laughs) (laughs) which didn't go down too well but um, yeah it was amazing to actually have a, a small independent brewer actually winning the title this year and and you heard also there Tim Page, uh, the chief executive of, of Camera, welcoming us all to the uh, Great British Beer Festival. And then you heard us rabbling on uh, for a little while there. Of course, well, we do like to rabble, especially when we're drinking. It's just part of the course. So hopefully you all enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, we, well, we enjoyed it. So um. <laughs> we always do. <laughs> Wow, we we got we, let out for a change. Yeah, um, it's it's really good that uh, we can get press accreditation for these uh, events. Um, I mean, it's the second year in a row now. Year uh, managed to get um, Alan Taylor Shearer on board. The Mister Taylor Shearer, the one and only. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you wanted to come last year, but work commitments you couldn't actually get out of. So um, no, unfortunately not. I'm not working there anymore. Funnily enough, but. Uh, <laughs> Just by the by, yeah. If you don't let me out of work for a beer festival, then people are going to be in trouble. That's just that's how it is. I got out of work this year for it, so it should be okay. Yeah, and uh, they're already starting to make announcements for next year. So uh, it's so we need to just plan that date in our diary as to when we're going to get royally uh, drunk. That's the word I would use uh, rather than any other. Um, we're going to try and get um, another guest on the beer show for the the beer festival next year if he if he can make. It would be fantastic to get him along, and that would be Beer Show Jimmy. Beer Show Jimmy, wow, the man, the legend, the man, the myth, the legend, the man, the myth, the legend, the author. Yes, he is, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it'd be fantastic to to get uh, Jimmy's input because his knowledge of beer is quite uh, big. <laughs> yeah, well, he wouldn't be one of the... Um, ser- I don't want to say server, that's the wrong word. Bartenders, there you go. He is one of the bartenders at uh, at the Britain Yankee. So... <laughs> yeah, some may say the voice of the Britain Yankee. You know, sorry, Phil. <laughs> got a reference, Phil, just because obviously they got me royally off my face when I was out in Chicago. Yeah, but that's, year, that's so. down to not beer, that's down to something else that was... Uh, 
Um, it was a combination, to be fair. <laughs> it was the beers in the Britain Yankee and some stouts and some shots in the bar afterwards. But anyway, yeah, I probably talked about that too much, but I was really appreciative <laughs> of what they did. So, you know, just sharing that. Whilst I was at Tring Brewery, I was talking to Ben uh, a little bit about the GBBF. And this was um, his reaction to the winners. What was really good is that um, Tiny Rebel are a Welsh brewery. They are, they're not a massive brewery. No. They're, their branding is, is pretty edgy. Um, they've got a very defined um, style in the beers that they present. Um, and the beers are good. Um, I've, I've not had um, a bad beer from their range. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's true of a, that's true of a lot of breweries. Um, but there are others where you just kind of think, how on earth is that place surviving? You know, how, how, who's drinking this and telling them that it's, all, it's, it's, it's all right? It was really good to see to see them actually pick up that that award and to see somebody that was smaller um, and progressive and and also in a position to to be influential as mm. well. You know, it wasn't just a case of. Here's a small brewery that's doing something really ridiculously niche. Um, let's let's give it to them for their efforts. Um, it was you know it's a brewery that actually can genuinely build upon what they've um, what they've done so far. Yeah, so definitely. yeah, we, we we all commented here at the brewery that it was a it was a good it was, it was a very really very refreshing result. thing to see. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it was it was nice, and I think within the industry as well, a lot of people will be quite pleased to see that, that that was the result and I think it gives other breweries the, the, the outlook that if they can do it yes we can do it yeah and because in the past it's been a case of well it's always going to be the the same old kind of people that win these awards yeah um, but doesn't seem to be that way anymore no no it doesn't and, and I, I'll be honest I've not actually looked at the other um, the other results um, but I think it was a it was a good decision by camera as mm-hmm. well um, because obviously as, a, as, a, as an organisation um, people look to the the decisions they make in terms of, of the winners of GBBF and you know there's a lot of other beer competitions out there but but win, GBBF is still certainly within the public domain one of the one of the biggest the big ones yeah um, if you're inside of the industry you know that there's yeah, lots and lots of others that are you know arguably um, more valuable to win. Um, it made sense for camera to actually look outside the, the larger, you know, obvious choices mm-hmm. um, and, and, and pick somebody pick somebody different and pick somebody deserving of it as well. Yeah, so, yeah. that's for sure. It was a good, good result, really Thanks. good result. What we will do, we'll put all the results of the GBBF from all the different categories in the show notes, as well as the beers and ciders that uh, <laughs> we tried on the day. Um, so you can go and have a look and um, maybe try them for yourself. And can I just say one final thing on that? Is it wrong that when I hear Tiny Rebel, I think of a pint-sized Luke Skywalker? I wouldn't put it past them to put something like that on their bottles as their artwork. <laughs> if they don't, maybe they should. Just make it slightly different to the original Star Wars drawing so that you don't infringe on copyright. Well, with the movie coming out in December, they could make a killing on this, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Fair play to them. <laughs> when we come back, we'll be trying the next beer. 
stupid Yankee. If I come into your pub, will I get a firkin of ale? Certainly, sir. You can have a firkin pie, you can have firkin fish and chips, and watch the firkin firkin on the firkin telly. Bloody Americans. Well, our barman may be a bit of a lad, but two lads you won't want to miss are Phil Clark and Mike Lingerfelter down at the Britain Yankee. Join them every fortnight in Chicago's very own online British pub, where you'll join in some good old pub chat and perhaps even enjoy a pint of your favourite ale. Check the boys out at www.thebritainyankee.com and remember, no MP3 player or iPod is necessary. All you need is a computer and some speakers. So we'll see you down the pub, and until then, cheers! So welcome back. We're just about to try the next beer from Vale Brewery, and it's called Gravitas. And I spoke to a guy called Alex Smith at the Vale Brewery. Well, actually, I wasn't at the the Vale Brewery. We were at the Hot Pole in Aylesbury. And um, this is what Alex had to say about the beer. It's 4.8%, it's pale American single hop dale, and it's, as I say, a nice pale colour, and it only a couple of months ago won Reading Beer Festival wow. 2015, so it's the best beer within a 70 mile radius of Reading, which the brewery's about 69 miles as the crow flies, so <laughs> just... we just about got into it. Um, good, good job that we did. So what kind of things can we expect to get from the beer? So from the Gravitas, it's single hopped and it's brewed with American hop called Cascade. Yeah. We originally started brewing it back in 2006. And back then, the golden hoppy beers were just starting to take off. And with Cascade, as you get with a lot of American beers, there's big sort of citrus notes to it. So the first thing you'll get from it is the aroma of the Cascade hop, which is sort of citrus, uh, grapefruity, quite sort of lychee flavors. Mm-hmm. And then the taste is exactly the same as that. So it's quite light. The most predominant taste is that you get from the hops. It's 4.8%, but it doesn't drink like a 4.8%. You can have sort of three or four without realizing it, and it just slips down. Drinks like a session ale, um, which sort of helps, obviously, with the success of it as well. And then the, the sort of the finish has got a sort of a light malt taste to it, but again, it's predominantly the American hoppy sort of bitterness to it. So we have a, a phrase that we ask um, anybody who's, who's trying a beer at the time, we, is it a sipper or a supper? So that sounds to me like it's a... A glugger. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be a supper, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it sounds to me like um, uh, a summery kind of beer as well. It is, yes. I mean, um, there's a lot of pubs. I mean, as I say, it's on permanent in the hot pole. What we find with a lot of them is around sort of, sort of the bank holiday weekends and also, as I say, when the sun's out like today, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the pubs that might not usually be able to shift strong out... Yeah. Um, they know that people are going to sit out in the sunshine and as you said yeah you just knock them back in the sun but also it goes well in the winter it's it's not obviously there's seasonality to beers yeah um, but yeah I would agree with you on the, the summer aspect of it so Mr Mallows would you like to do the honours again yeah I would it sounds like it's going to be trouble because he said you don't notice it how many you drink as you're drinking it so (laughs) yeah it's probably a good job we only have one bottle at this current stage hang on sorry Homer (laughs) 
Which reminds me that we met the Duff Man recently. <laughs> we did. Um, we'll have to put a photograph of, of uh, us with Duff Man, actually. It was at uh, an event um, that I'm mentioning right across the board on our uh, podcast. It was uh, an event called Field of Force Day, and you will be able to hear all about that if you listen to our TGP nominal podcast. It was an amazing event. If I can just say, while I'm pouring uh, the beverage, a great idea, a great cause... And I don't think there's a single person that left that event without a smile on their face. I mean, it was the first kind of Comic-Con I've been to. I know it would be covered more on the podcast, but mm-hmm. it was amazing. The people there, phenomenal, just so nice. And, and the the reason behind the day, as people will hear on that podcast, is just amazing. The fact that someone went out of their way to do that and the success it's having now is well-deserved. Yeah, it definitely was one of the, the highlights of um, the Garbage Pod umbrella, should I say. And I'm also going to just quickly mention because I'm sure there'll be a, a photo of it, but I met my alien queen. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely stay tuned to uh, TGP Nominal for photographs of that. Anyway, coming <laughs> back, back, back to, to the beer. <laughs> is Gravitas back to the beer? Yeah, it's definitely more of a pale ale in colour. Uh, yeah, than, a lot lighter than the last one. Yeah. Not as strong as smell, no, I don't not, think. Not as strong at all. It's um, you really have to struggle to um, to get it. You do get a kind of a, there is a kind of a citrusy smell, but you really have to struggle to to get it. But you know what? Sometimes, depending on what mood I'm in, I I sometimes prefer it like that. I don't mind a little bit of the citrus flavour, and I loved our last uh, mm-hmm. ale that we had on absolutely, which I don't think we actually rated, which I believe is something we should have done. So we can do that after we've tried them both. No problem. But yeah, this one, not so much of a citrus smell to it, but how does it taste is the next question. This is true. He's having to go back for another sip. Check that out. He wasn't quite sure of the first one. That is incredibly light. It's not as uh, deeper flavours as, as the Pale Four, but that's probably because of the amount of hops that was, it w- was in the Pale Four. Yeah, and... You can see just by having a, a sip or two exactly what he means that you could drink a lot of it and not even realise because it just goes down so well. I mean, that's four sips <laughs> just there, just going, hmm, I'm not too sure about this, but it's it's nice. It's, it's not just the ale that's a gulper, Mr. Taylor is too. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is a nice beer. This is lovely. I mean, <laughs> you can probably tell by the, the silence how yeah, much it's being yeah, enjoyed. <laughs> We're on a podcast, silence doesn't work. It does in, in many respects when you're actually tasting something because it's it's showing that you're enjoying what you're, what you're drinking. And, and the fact is that we've got two very, very similar beers, but completely different in, in many respects. It, or it could show that you're too drunk to talk. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe you'd be slurring your words trying not to and doing a good job I think <laughs> yeah, you're right though they they couldn't be more contrasting could they no that, that is well, that's a good thing though isn't it yeah 100% uh, I wouldn't say they're poles apart because they're both in enjoyable beers but the, the fact that they're the same style of beer but with different flavourings different hops and um uh, was you about to um, contact the mothership then? I did discreetly, hopefully, if no one heard that. 
one thing I was going to say as well is whereas the last one there was that slight bitterness that does go away mm-hmm. with this one there doesn't seem to be any bitterness at all and that's probably why I was struggling to get the, the aroma straight away he's getting the taste alright though oh yeah definitely <laughs> definitely I'm I'm See, really enjoying words. no I no, it's, it's you can understand why, why it's an award winner yeah you can 100% so it's the the best beverage within 70 miles of Reading within the radius of, of Reading as the crow flies yeah doesn't fly very far if it's out of you does it <laughs> <laughs> well just getting in there at 69 miles that's that's uh... is that when the crow had had enough <laughs> <laughs> one too many beverages at some village pubs on its way between Reading and, and Aylesbury mm-hmm. but the the actual brewery itself is um, in Brill and um, what I'll do now is play in a little bit from Alex again as he takes us round the the microbrewery the brew house at the hot pole so I'm here at the hot pole in Aylesbury and I'm with Alex Smith from Vale Brewery how are you doing yeah good thank you very much nice and warm here for once it is it's a lovely day in Aylesbury (laughs) now the reason why I'm in the the hot pole with Alex is as you know we're going to be doing a beer review show uh, every now and then and uh, I contacted Alex and said would uh, Vale Brewery like to be involved and he said that'd be great tell us a little bit about the brewery um, so Vale Brewery started back in 1995 it was a couple of brothers Mark and Phil Stevens um, they had the brilliant idea that they wanted to brew beer they both had a, a background in sort of the brewery side of things and as with a lot of people are doing now they started their own brewery they originally started in Haddenham uh, set up on a small little brew kit brewing about 20 firkins at a time um, which is about 1,400 pints a brew um, and sort of went from there the first pub that they actually got beer into was the Rising Sun in Haddenham and the Plough in Marsh Gibbon and um, yeah it expanded from there so after a good few years they sort of outgrew the, uh, the premises they're in and moved up to Brill where we currently are in 2007 right and then in 2010 got brand new shiny kit um, from Canada and now we can brew 80 casks at a time so it's a 20 brewers barrel kit um, that's the sort of background to from where they started to where they are now uh, we brew eight core beers um, I won't go through all of them because it'll be really like a bit of a list uh, the two sort of main beers uh, I say three main beers is uh, one of the beers that we're hopefully going to review um, and talk about in a bit the other one is Red Kite um, which is named after the bird that is flying above the brewery so what better thing to name the uh, the beer after yep. and another one is our Vale Best IPA which is in a lot of pubs um, as well as in the hot pole on permanent it's our 3.7% English hot copper out um, one of the original beers that they brewed as well so the reason why we're in the the hot pole is because it's one of your one of your pubs isn't yep. it and you do quite a big range of, of beers at any one time here don't you we do yeah the girls that run the pub um Hayley and Lindsay keep the beers very well we have 10 beers on uh 10 cast beers on at one time as i said the the uh Vail best ipa and the gravitas which is the beer we're going to talk about in a bit uh both on permanent and the other eight change all the time constantly uh going through beers from all around the uk as well as beers uh, from the brewery in the back, which is our little Aylesbury brew house. The, the back story was that um, when they upgraded to the larger kit, 
they still wanted to brew on the original kit did a few specials on it um, but then it sort of they, they couldn't quite brew on it as well as keeping up with the demand for the beer so it sort of sat redundant for about a year and a half and then um, someone came up with a brilliant no one can quite agree whose idea it was but <laughs> someone came up with the idea of um, putting it at the back of the hot pole which was there which is the brewery tap it's the closest pub to the brewery mm-hmm. um, and brewing limited edition beers on it right so um the way that it works is up at Vale Brewery, as I said, we get eight core beers, we brew monthly specials um, and do Christmas beers. Down at the Ellsbury Brew House, we only brew each beer recipe once and never ever again. Wow. So you are getting sort of 50 different beers a year of different styles, different tastes. Like last year we did a coconut stout at 4.8%. That won Milton Keynes Beer Festival last year. Mm-hmm. Um, or no, it was the year before actually. It's been quite a long time. And <laughs> then uh, we most recently we do American hopped beers. We also do um, sort of hoppy red ales as well as doing sort of your easy drinking session beers. So anything on the range, we've brewed, um, we've done a ginger style beer as well. Mm. Um, brewed a Saison, which is a um, sort of a Flemish, French, Belgian style out. Yeah. Um, because we only brew each recipe once, as long as, you know, we brew about 30 firkins at a time. As long as we can get rid of them, then we can, uh, we can brew whatever we like. Wow. So, I mean, I remember when the brew house first opened and it was, a kind of um, advertised as a uh, how was it put a year long beer festival it's always kind of like a beer festival exactly. going on exactly I mean you'll come in you could come into the into the hot pole and they'll always have sort of at least one or two of ours on depending on how many they can get their hands on because it's flying out at the moment mm-hmm. um, and yeah you'll come in and there'll be a different beer on every single week from the Ellsbury Brew House it means that if you I mean the people ask you know what if people really really like a beer what if they you know why can't you brew it again we say well there's another one coming along if you really like that beer you know you have to drink as much of it as possible while it's still around that's it if you don't like it then you know there's another one coming along because that that's the beauty of beer is that not everyone likes the same style mm-hmm. um, there's always a different beer for everyone and it's also the fact that if you're going to buy it in bottles that you're going to have one that you drink and one that you keep because yes. it's a limited edition exactly yeah exactly I've still got a case of uh, we we did a five and a half percent New Zealand IPA mm-hmm. which is the second strongest beer the brewery either Vale or ABC have ever brewed mm-hmm. um, and I've still got a case of it in my parents cellar just sort of sitting there <laughs> maturing up and I'm going to crack one open at a time and see how it matures up so with with beers, the, the, is it the same as like with wine, right, where it sort of gets better with age? Yes and no. Um, with sort of like a three point eight percent golden session beer, mm-hmm. um, it wouldn't keep in bottle. It's not sort of the type of beer to mature. Right. The beers that you would want to mature um, with bottle condition beer, so the sediment's still in the bottom. Yeah. Um, are your darker, stronger, or hoppier beers? Um, because the hops and the alcohol, the preservatives. Um, and that's what's going to keep the longevity. Right. Um, after a certain amount of time, it then the same with wine, it starts going downhill. Um, with ours, obviously, we've got best before dates on them. Um, we'd say sort of after a couple of years, I think the bottles are. If you keep them in a dark place, cool, dark, don't move them around. Then yeah, after a couple of years, the stronger, hoppier, um, darker beers are the ones that will mature up. Um, it might be quite noisy in here. That's okay. It's a chilly. Um, yeah, this is the original Vale Brewery kit. 
the moment Hayden's Brewing Pacific Arc, which is a um, predominantly New Zealand and American hot beer. Um, hence the reason Pacific Arc. Um, every beer sort of has a story behind it. And these are all the beers on the wall that we've produced so far this year. This year? This year, yeah, they're all the beers. Wow, that we've done. how many there is there? Um, probably about 21 different beers. So 21, wow. Yeah. And yeah, some of them weren't that long ago, but they seem a long time ago. I mean, uh, I mean there's a beer up there we brewed, it's the beer with no name. Um, named after the good, the bad, and the ugly character, yep. Clint Eastwood. Yep. Um, it doesn't, it's not actually called anything, and it's brewed with Mexican hops, and we put uh, fresh chili in it as well. So oh, I had a bit of a chili kick. Oh. Uh, we brewed beer with um, Norwegian hops, so we called it uh, Amteric. And then, I'm trying to think what else we've got there. We've got New Holland, which is brewed with Australian hops. That's what Australia was originally called. New Holland when the Dutch discovered it um, and then we've also beers like Codex which is what uh, the original um, Beowulf transcript on so that's sort of traditional English okay. and then we do Miles as well for May um, yeah loads of different styles um, and just to keep it interesting lots of different inspiration there from from other countries yes as well. yeah it's Hayden is the uh, the one that comes out oh, I've come up with a couple of beer names but, um, so we've got one coming up called Paragon, yep. which is sort of uh, the, the, the epitome of perfection. Um, we have to see how that goes. And yeah, he comes up with all the names and does all the designs as well. Um, so we've got another beer called The Last Unknown, which is about North America. Yep. Um, it's got smoked malt in it because the nomads that are over there used to smoke all of their all of their meat. Um, it's just little basic things like that, as opposed to them not really meaning anything. Um, we like to have a bit of a story, and, and the pump clips as well, though, each one's different. Just try and grab people's eyes as well, because that's the other important thing. And, and that also, I mean, uh, there are collectors out there of, of these kind of designs anyway, so um, it, it keeps the, the collectors happy too. <laughs> it does, yeah. You have a lot of people that come in and buy the beer and also sort of pick up a pump clip as well. Um, we produce more, like sort of enough pump clips for people to do that because they like having the I mean, when people come in and pick up sort of mini pins and poly pins for parties and stuff, they always want the pump clip for it because they want people to be able to sort of show what beer it is. Yeah, definitely. So loads of different different companies it's all good fun it makes it a little bit more interesting as opposed to just brewing three beers and doing a monthly special sort of thing it's just there's always something different going on that's brilliant and that that is what changing it up like that really keeps everything fresh so therefore people are not going to get samey if you know what I mean it's good there's always going to be something different exactly exactly that I mean you go the main thing is you know talking to publicans and customers as well is they love they love the core Bale Brewery beers but they also love the fact that whenever they come in there's always something different on and they'll try it if they like it as I said earlier they'll try and get as much of it as possible and then a couple of weeks later they go have you got any more of that and they're like no it's a new one now <laughs> I'll try it and then they love that one so it's um, wow. yeah, it's, it's all, all good fun that's our sort of unique standpoint I don't think we've found another brewery 
like Aylesby Brewhouse that just does limited edition bits. I can't think of one off the top of my head yeah. either, to be An honest. actual brewery. I mean, there's other, other breweries out there that um, brew on the same kit under a different name and do sort of limited edition stuff. It's not the same. It's, this is a completely different brewery. It's a completely different kit. Different brewer as well. Yeah. So, so when you've got, let's say somebody else was, if you've got two or three people that were doing uh, different brews, you can probably get their personality coming through on the... Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, for instance, the, the next beer that we're doing for Bale Brewery is called Bullet, which is after the Steve McQueen film. Yep. And the pump clip that we've got for Vale Brewery is the is exact copy of the poster but instead of all the Steve McQueen names, it's the hops that are in it. So it's got uh, mosaic and citra hops in it. And instead of a picture of Steve McQueen, it's got a picture of our head brewer, Dave, <laughs> doing the same pose. Because, and that's a monthly special. It's something that we can mess around. And we hope people, when they see it, will make them chuckle. That's brilliant. Um, and yeah, but then obviously, as I said, different personality. I mean, Hayden loves um, Japanese culture, so you've got Musashi up there, which right. is brewed with Japanese hops. So it's something completely different. Um, and yeah, definitely the personality, more eccentric sort of Aylesbury brew house brews. Um, and then the Vale beer is more traditional, but we still get to do a monthly special and something different. The thinking man's pint. <laughs> Right, so thanks for showing us around, Alex. That's all right. Thanks very much for uh, having us on the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure, and uh, hopefully we'll be dealing with you again in the future. Definitely, definitely. Hopefully there's some uh, things in the pipeline that we'll be able to work together on, as we've been discussing off air. <laughs> awesome. That was uh, Alex Smith taking us around the... Uh, little brew house at the back of uh, the hot pole in Aylesbury and I'd like to thank Alex for uh, for taking the time out to take us round although he does live above the hot pole um, even still is there, <laughs> <laughs> even still you've got to thank him for taking around the microbrewery for sure so I think we better better rate these beers before we uh, leave yeah and whilst we can still remember them <laughs> <laughs> so boss why don't you go first why don't you rate Pale Four. Pale Four. Now, um, I really enjoyed that one. Um, I think I think I'm going to give it a four. Uh, it's a Pale Four with four for the rating. Well, from myself, I love IPAs. I'd probably said it more than enough throughout this particular show. But I'm going to give it four and a half stars, I believe, because both of them that we've enjoyed this evening, mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed and yeah pale four four and a half stars from me now Mr Mallows the Gravitas the Gravitas nice bottle as well by the way I'm actually gonna go with my first I believe five wowzers it's an award winner for a reason I love IPAs this one just ticked all the boxes I could get very drunk very quickly and there's no bitter aftertaste it's really light I gravitated towards Gravitas and for myself, I think I will go with your previous score and give it a four and a half. So, if, essentially, the Gravitas is the, the winner of this particular of, show. Of this show, yeah. It's a bold statement. <laughs> but both were absolutely fantastic. I mean, They were. Pleasant, yeah. Awesome beers. And hopefully, with our review shows, we're going to review some awesome beers right along the flow 
of our show. And I'm going to try and do some research before the next one so you don't just hear citrusy session beer and other generic puns. (laughs) (laughs) Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spamheadproductions.weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. I think that's enough from us rambling on. So... I'd like to say again, thanks to, to Ben Marston and Alex Smith uh, from Tring Brewery and Vale Brewery. And um, also to thank Ben for the crate of beer that <laughs> he supplied as well. Not just for consumption, they will be used for beer reviews in the future. Um, and I'll get uh, Ben back on the phone to tell us about the different beers. Um, one of them is a stout. Ooh, happy days. Um, And we've got a few of those, mainly because I said we were partial to stout, so he put more than he should do in in the crate. (laughs) I don't see that being a problem. (laughs) It's a drink and it's dinner. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, a meal in itself. But where there's doubles and triples of the same beer, they may get drunk today... Um, I'm not too sure about today, but... (laughs) I'm making obscene gestures at him right now, just so you know. Just to fill you in on the awkward silence. We'd also like to thank the guys at GBBF. I know we thanked them in the the piece that we played in, but it's worth thanking them again for allowing us to tag along at the GBBF. Um, As I say, second year in a row that we've we've been able to go along and um, do a podcast from there. And um, long may we go to these events. Yeah, 100%. Looking for the hat trick next year. (laughs) so um, thanks again to everyone out there for listening and uh, we'll speak to you again soon ciao ciao well that about wraps it up for this episode of the garbage pod tap room be sure to visit www.thegarbagepod.weebly.com for the show notes for this or any other episode just look for the relevant tab on the menu let us know what you think of the show send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com because your input is our output or you can use the social media icons at the top of the page that include twitter and facebook if you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts you can do so via itunes the rss feed and also TuneIn and stitcher on demand radio don't forget to rate and review us you can also listen to rebroadcasts of all our shows on the awake radio group you can find a link on our podcast pages. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages and don't forget to spread the word about us. The Garbage Pod is a Spamhead production.